Isn't that shocking? So it was kind of selfish. I gave her a present to give to me. You think you know something, and then boom. 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 When did that shift happen? Which I thought was just sort of a fun, whimsical kind of word, actually is an acronym. You go down one road, and then boom, left or right. I don't know how we could be wrong 100% of the time when the odds are 50-50. Here we are, John. It is that time, smart drivel time. It's a great time, Kurt. This is John Ellenthal. Well, and this is Kurt Schneider, and we're here for another edition of Smart Drivel. Where we promise the drivel and hope for the smart. Well, we're going to give it another go as we hope for the smart, Kurt. Today's episode is going to be about acronyms, Kurt. So there are some really popular acronyms that everybody knows, like SCUBA. What does SCUBA stand for, Kurt? Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus, John. That is correct. And I think that is widely known. But there are a lot of words out there that are acronyms. And I think a lot of people don't know that those words are actually acronyms. So we're going to spend our episode today revealing the true acronymial background. Not acrimonial, because we're not going to be bitter in any way. We're not going to be acrimonial, and we're not going to be matrimonial. You know what's interesting, John? Acronym as a word wasn't coined until the 1950s, but it's been used forever. Interesting. And like we talked about with palindromes at one point, we said, I think it was one of my sons said, shouldn't palindrome be a palindrome? Shouldn't acronym be an acronym? And it's not. Yeah, it crossed my mind that acronym, you know, is should be an acronym and it's not. And I think that's a flaw. I think when you have like a category of things like that, the name should be true and reflective of the category. So one strike against acronyms. But I think we can still hit it out of the park with this topic because there are some fabulous acronyms. I'm like, gonna whoa, wow. Like what? Whoa, wow. Well, I don't know. Whoa, wow. In fact, I've never even heard the word whoa, wow, no less consider whether it's an acronym or not. What is whoa, wow? Words of abbreviated words. Whoa, well, you wow. made that up, didn't you? Yeah. What acronym should be? Should be whoa out. So when I said I've never heard of that, now I know why, Kurt, because you made it up. But John, there are a lot of words we've not heard of before. So you taught me in a very early episode of Smart Dribble that POSH was an acronym. I didn't know that. Why don't you remind our listeners what POSH stands for? Port out, starboard home. Port being the left side of the boat, starboard being the right side. When the English people were colonizing India, the people with a lot of money could afford the part of the boat that was in the shade, port out starboard home, because it was a very hot voyage. Let me stop you there before you get into another discussion of gin and tonics, because (laughs) when you start talking about colonization and the British Empire, it inevitably ends up with the discussion of gin, one of your top three favorite topics, and gin and tonics, one of your top three favorite gin drinks. So Kurt, in our last episode, we had a discussion about duct tape. Yes. And today, I am going to remind you of a great quote about duct tape and our first acronym of the day, of the episode. The duct tape guys say, quote, you only need two tools in life, duct tape and WD-40. If it's not stuck and it's supposed to be, duct tape it. If it's stuck and it's not supposed to be, WD-40 it. Believe it or not, WD-40 
is actually an acronym. It stands for Water Displacement 40th Attempt. So the guys who were developing this product were trying to create some sort of protectant for the outer skin of a missile to prevent it from rusting or corroding. And it took them 40 attempts to formulate what they needed to pull off the task. And WD-40 reflects water displacement 40th attempt. And it's true. Duct tape and WD-40, that and Vaseline, those have to be the three products that are used for so many uses well beyond their original intent. I agree. You add baking soda to that, that's all you need for anything in life. I'm afraid to ask you this question, Kurt, but what weird things do you do with baking soda? It's one of those things. You put it in the fridge to help your odors. You can use it to descale things that are salt. You can use baking soda for like a gazillion different things. It's funny you mentioned that because I just thought of my first and only use of baking soda. I guess we do have it in the refrigerator too, Arm and Hammer and stuff. But I remember as a kid using baking soda one time. Yeah. And that's because I got a cereal toy out of the Captain Crunch box and it was a little plastic submarine. And if you put baking soda in this little compartment and you put it in the bathtub, it would go down or maybe it would come up. See? Baking soda. Now, what's the difference between baking soda and baking powder? I haven't a clue. Me neither. But they should have made a different name because they're too close. And I bet you people have conflated them many times in cooking or other things. I think I can fix this problem, Kurt. So to our esteemed listeners out there who we affectionately refer to as the drivelers, if you would please go to Twitter or Instagram and find us at Smart Drivel or go to our new website at smartdrivel.com, we would love for you to tell us the difference between baking soda and baking powder because we need to know. Yes. So I want to give you an early acronym, John, one that's probably 2020 years old or so. You told me the term was invented in the mid-1900s. I said the term was coined then. It doesn't mean that there weren't acronyms beforehand. What did we call them before? Words, John. We called them words beforehand. Did we have a name for acronyms in the pre-acronym historic era? You know why? Because they were just making words up so often that like F-U-C-K, that was an acronym, remember? We talked about that. The next thing you're going to tell me about is S-H-I-T. So we can spell bad words, but we can't say them. Does that make it any better? Absolutely. And you know what I don't like when people say, pardon my French, we still say that. And then we curse in English. It makes That's no sense. Point. Where does that come from? So mm-hmm. drivelers, if, if you would like to send us a tweet or tell us on Instagram why we say, please pardon my French, that would be good to know as well. And that's very much in the raison d'etre, pardon my French, of smart drivel. That was an improper use of pardon my French, but I use French, so it was an okay use. Well, actually, let's stick with French, and I'll go back to my old one in a second. There's one that is used, I would say, daily in America, RSVP. Yes, s'il vous plaît. It comes from the French, respondez-vous, s'il vous plaît. That's what RSVP stands for. What drives me crazy is the redundancy that everyone does when they say, please, RSVP by blah, 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 blah. In RSVP is the word s'il vous plaît, which means please. It's the same thing as RBIs. It's RBI, as my kids have grown up correcting me at every opportunity. Runs, plural, batted in. RBI. Not really, not really the same concept, but I'm with you. It drives you crazy, I guess. No, it's thing. a very similar concept because you're being redundant unnecessarily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. All right, Kurt, you were going to tell me about some dinosaur era acronym. INRI, I-N-R-I. It's famous in the Christian faith. In fact, it was the four letters that were put above the cross when Jesus was on the cross and was uh, crucified. Forgive me for not knowing that. I did see Life of Brian. I should have known that. <laughs> it stands for, it's Latin, Isus, because the I and J were the same in Latin, Isus Nazareus Rex Ludorium, Jesus of Nazareth, King of Jews. All right. I have an acronym that I found nothing short of shocking to discover that it was an acronym. And I think that very few people must know that. It's, it's not just because you and I did not know that it was an acronym that I say that. I just think this is shocking. Is it Lego My Ego? Lego My Ego, of course, is not an acronym. And oh, right. it's a slogan. And right. once again, you find yourself time traveling among our various episodes. <laughs> so back to acronyms. One of the quintessential, I use that word a lot, One of the iconic, I think I use that word a lot too. Yes, you do. A great American brand that we all grew up with. Oscar Meyer Wieners. Okay, stop guessing while I'm talking. Oh, okay. Time Magazine, believe it or not, is an acronym. Time. I always thought time was capturing the time of our lives. You know, Time Life Photos and Time Magazine came out each week and told us about the news and events from that week. Of the time, yeah. Moment in time. Yeah, it is. That's what it's about. That's why I was taught to learn that time actually stands for the, T, international, I, magazine, help me, Kurt, of events. The international magazine of events is what Time Magazine actually, I actually worked for a while for Time Inc., and I didn't know that. Why are there not periods after the T-I-M-E in the magazine then? Because acronyms don't require that, Kurt. We should have gone with the definition of acronyms. I think you're right. Uh, only because they're not necessary. That's why they're not there. <laughs> Isn't that shocking? Time magazine is an acronym? Yes, I like that. You think you know something and then boom. 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 Yeah. That, is, that is excellent. That's it. Sure. You know what? That's a perfect example of what we're trying to communicate in today's episode, John. That's why I mentioned it, Kurt. So why don't you follow my lead and do something similar? Fubar. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I know that one. And notice it doesn't have dots in it or periods. And that is effed up beyond all recognition. Right. This, this episode, no, not this episode. <laughs> These, uh, th- what's happening here is fubar. Um, most of our discussions are FUBAR. These are just the ones that we have that are relatively clean and fortunately edited. It, you know, FUBAR reminds me of SNAFU. Yes. Do you want to do SNAFU, Kurt? Systems, normal, all effed up. SNAFU. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Don't FUBAR and SNAFU? They're probably both military, right? I'm sure they are. And uh, the military has so many of them, but absolutely yeah. FUBAR and SNAFU. I think the military definitely comes to military. Yeah. Uh, I think the military probably invented the acronym when you get right down to it. Well, it kind of makes sense. They kind of had to, right? Because they needed to communicate quickly and also sometimes communicate not only quickly, but also maybe in secrecy. Yeah. But I think like every, every industry business sector has its own special language and shorthand and theirs have a lot of acronyms because I guess you're right. There are a lot of systems and things to communicate. I don't ASAP. 
as soon as possible. AWOL. How about that one? Absent without official leave. Nicely done, Kurt. It sounds like you may have gone AWOL at some point since you knew that so well. Kurt, a fun childhood toy, which remains a popular category of toys today, but I think was invented when you and I were kids, is the originally the Nerf football, and now there's a Nerf everything. But the Nerf football, which I thought was just sort of a fun, whimsical kind of word, Nerf actually is an acronym. And I suspect you're the kind of person that would know what that acronym is, Kurt. Am I right? Someone once told me this. It has something to do with foam is the F. You know what? I should have asked that question. You seem like the kind of person, Kurt, that would know part of that acronym. Am I right? (laughs) Yes. Foam. F. Yes, that is the F. You think it might be football since it started off as a football. But Nerf is actually non-expandable recreational foam. Now, originally, there was non-expandable professional foam, but they needed recreational foam. So non-expandable recreational foam is Nerf. Nerf. So I have two comments about that. I used to love Nerf. And when they first came out with the Nerf basketball, it was very inexpensive. And it wasn't like the crazy Nerf basketball. Now they had those suction cup things, boom, and they Nerf ball. And I bought one of those for my mom for Mother's Day once. And she said, what mother wouldn't want a Nerf basketball? So then she turned around and bequeathed it to me right away. So it was kind of selfish. I gave her a present to give to me. I think she probably was able to untangle your complex childhood psychology on that one. You think she got it right away? I think she got it right away. What was your mom's first name? Jane. Did your mom, Jane, have any friends whose name were Pam? Yeah, I'm sure. As in the cooking spray, Pam? Yeah, because don't you imagine this lady, Pam, who invented this nonstick cooking spray? Well, it ain't no lady, Kurt. Yeah, it is Pam. Like It's it's like the prototypical American woman, Pam, and she was in the kitchen in the 50s, probably. Let's be careful here with gender labels, even though... In the 50s, that's the way things were marketed. Historically accurate. I am with you. So Pam is actually not a lady. It is an acronym. And it stands for a man's name. The inventor of Pam was Arthur Meyerhoff. And he named Pam P-A-M for product of Arthur Meyerhoff. That's it. That is not what you would have thought. Hey, I thought of an acronym that is one of your favorite topics on Smart Dribble. If you go back and listen to all of our episodes, with the possible exception of gin martinis, spam has come up from on your part many times. Not only does spam rhyme with Pam, but as you know, spam is an acronym. You want to let us in on the secret? Well, there's two different thoughts. The first is the one I think is the correct one, which is spiced ham, spam. But I've also heard it's like shoulder of pork or something like that. Yeah, I have heard an alternative one too. But I think spiced ham does it. You get the SP from the spice and you get the... uh, Ham from the ham. You get the ham from the ham. Whenever I hear the word spam, I almost reflexively start to go spam, 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 which of course is from Monty Python. And I would much rather say spam, spam, spam than eat spam. How about an acronym of people use every day, John? And they use it, both of these, all the time. Have you ever heard me use either one of these? Yes. Are you making up? No, when you're talking about the time, it's 9.30 a.m. It's 4 p.m. P-M-A-M. Now, they have the dots in those, but that is an acronym for anti-meridium, 
or post-meridium with an M at the end, because it's not meridian. People think like the line, it's meridian, which in Latin means midday. So either anti-midday before or post-midday after PM. Cool. Yeah, that's a little acronym for you. Well, that's, and that's really, not that's not foobar. That's the truth. No, I, that sounds entirely that sounds entirely reasonable. I have a question for you. Thank you. Why is a recent? I think it's recent acronym kind of the opposite of what we used to think it was. You're going to have to say something else for me to get that, John. If you were a kid and you were playing little league, and the world it was the little league like championship game, and the bases were loaded. And you took a called third strike. You were the goat of the game and you struck out, right? You were the worst player. Now, goat, an acronym, means you're the best player, greatest of all time. When did that shift happen? No, no, but it's a complete flip-flop. And this is why this is why Flip-flam. this is why the world invented the Oxford English Dictionary. So you can see how words change in their definition over time. But GOAT, which is not an acronym in its original use, you were the GOAT. You cost us yeah. game was the animal. Now it does stand for greatest of all time. But that has changed. And you are quite the cultural observer for noticing that. Thank you very much. Yes. I'm, I'm kind of like, as we've talked about him in the past, Alex de Tocqueville, right? And his democracy in America. Pardon my French. Yes, exactly right. Maybe that's where it comes from. When you're online and you're watching one of those videos on a continuous loop, do you call it a GIF or a GIF? Oh, it's a GIF. You know, it's one of those that's perpetually confusing, like the USB plug, no matter how you try it the first time, it doesn't go in, you flip it over, it goes in. I don't know how we could be wrong 100% of the time when the odds are 50-50. GIF, as you call it, is actually an acronym, which is kind of why I brought it up in this conversation. Hey, hey, for once, you're staying on topic, John. It's about time. Our listeners, actually, when they write in all the time, say, can John please just stay on topic for once? You feel better now? Yes, Mike. Okay, good. Graphics interchange format. Now, the inventor, a chap by the name of Stephen Wilhite, insists that the proper pronunciation is GIF, like jelly, not GIF, like giddy. That GIF said... GIF like the peanut butter. It's He says it's GIF like the peanut butter. In any event, that's his preference, but I think the uh, I don't think that bell can be unrung. I think it's sort of settled in as GIF. What's interesting, we tend to have a lot of acronyms that are named after the inventor or the owner or the people, right? You talked yep. about eponymous. Yes, eponymous is correct. You talked about Pam and all, and then of course there's IKEA, the store which was named after its founder. There's ABBA, the music group. Maybe it's just the Swedes that do it. And then there pardon is, my, pardon my Swedish. And then there is the word taser. You know, we're tasing someone, mm. not named after the inventor, like I was leading you to believe. However, the inventor, Jack Cover, named it after his favorite children's book character, Tom Swift. And it's the Thomas A. Swift electric rifle, taser. So let me get this straight. Yeah. You did a whole introduction on how many of these acronyms are actually reflective of the founder of whatever the thing is, and then told the story of an acronym that is not named after the inventor. John, it's called the intersection of comedy. You go down one road and then boom, left or right. Wouldn't I be laughing now if this were comedy? 
I'm laughing like hell inside. You are pro. Well, yes, I'm sure you are. <laughs> no, well, thank you because you need not be afraid of a straight line, Kurt. It will not hurt you. Hey, YOLO, John, YOLO. YOLO and FOMO. So I will give you an example since you did not pay off that setup. ABBA. Acronym that reflects the founders' names. I will give you one. One of the greatest candies of all time. Oh, yes. You talked about because it was given as rations to the troops in World War II. Jolly Ranchers. Because it did not melt in the heat. Of course, it was Jolly Ranchers because the soldiers needed a little bit of a playful pick-me-up. And they, okay. M&M's, Kurt. M&M stands for Mars and Murray's. Mars and Murray were the two founders of what's so funny. There's not many people named Murray anymore. It's a great name. Well, there was Murray. Murray, It was a baloney sandwich. There was Murray the Cop on the Odd Couple, but this is not spelled like Murray the Cop or the first name. It's M-U-R-R-I-E. Yes. So Mars and Murray's were the founders of the candy company that brought us M&M's. Okay. Now, I'm going to give you a famous acronym that is used all the time, and you're going to tell me what it stands for. Are you okay, ready? When you do that, based on your historical approach to setting up acronyms, you're going to give me one that is famous and well-known yes. and used every day, which means there's a 90% chance no one will have ever heard of what you're about to say. It's when you're in danger, SOS. Uh, that is a great one because you and I both know it ain't no acronym. SOS is not an acronym. Kind of like the S in Harry S. Truman doesn't the, mean anything. And the S in Ulysses S. Grant, same that, thing. It seems like S's are the most favorite, famous, fake letter. You know why? Sibilance. <laughs> I was going to say that, but it's the most beautiful letter to write because it's you don't have to take the pen off the paper. How about NIMBY? Everyone knows NIMBY where we live because there are a couple of holes in the cellular network because certain people don't want a cell tower in their backyard because they said, not in my backyard. Not in my backyard is right. Not in my backyard. I would like to know what our listeners think, if they have any great acronyms that are either new or, you know, because I like to look backwards and you like to look forward because we found that out in our time travel episode. What are great ones from the past? that we don't know, that we missed out from on. the past, as opposed to tell us some great acronyms from the future? Well, I don't want to do, I don't want to do the ones that are all over social media today, JK and LOL. Oh, so from a long time ago, you mean? Yeah. I want to go back to like the 19th, 17th, 16th, 15th century. Kurt, you and I have the same zip code. You know that? ZIP is an acronym, John. You think that's why I mentioned it, huh? Yep. Because you are one that's on topic. I try to stay on topic. And the funny thing, of course, as we've discussed before, the only person that I've ever been accused of staying on topic when talking to is you. Otherwise, I am always happy to explore cul-de-sacs and other things in conversation. But there is no competing with you when it comes to that topic. So what does zip code stand for, Kurt? Zone Improvement Program? So close. So close. Zone Improvement Plan. And that was a system that was set up to improve the speed of mail delivery, breaking Not everything right. down into zip codes. All right, Kurt, time for us to wrap up this episode. Thank you for a fun and rambling conversation this time. You know, it's always enjoyable to STS with you, John. 
Ooh, I see what you did there. Nicely done. Well, I hope Shoot the shit. Thank you very much. I think most people probably got that. Oh, okay. And now we're going to have an R rating. You know, podcasts don't have ratings. Do you think they should? Uh, yeah, because I listened to one the other day that someone recommended and I was shocked. I blushed and I never considered myself much of a prude. I was shocked by is that the is that the Winnie the Pooh retrospective you were listening to? <laughs> oh, I love those characters. Uh, Tigger, man, oh man, there's never been a better character. Yeah, I sometimes refer to Eeyore when you're talking to someone who just sort of always has a downer take on things. And yeah, I, I think Rue is underrated, by the way. You know what Rue stands for? R-O-O? Yeah, it's short for kangaroo. That's probably true. No, it is. That's why the name came up, because he was a small little kangaroo. So that makes me think of marsupials. What is the name of the pouch in marsupials? Marsupials. Isn't that the guy who was the mime? Marcel Marceau, Kurt. Pardon pardon my French. Thank you again, and thank you to our listeners. We do hope to hear from you on social media or our website. Kurt and I will once again be back next week with a brand new episode of Smart Dribble. Until then, we hope your week is filled with smart drivel. Goodbye, everybody. TTFN. Uh Ta-ta for now.